You want unsanctioned? They want unsanctioned, huh? I'm unsanctionable. DG Unsanctioned, live with Willie Dope and Gift the Great. I mean, do we ever really intro this shit? I mean, doesn't it just kind of like happen? It just happens, osmosis. It's something natural. Comes I'm, so natural. I'm gonna just use your laptop this week. Alright. For my notes. Behind the scenes shit. Hey, YDG Unsanctioned. What's going on, folks? Didn't even see you there. It's Gift the Great. Willie Dope here. Hope everybody had an amazing holiday uh, weekend. Thanksgiving is, weekend. Yeah, is it still good to eat uh, Thanksgiving food on um, a Tuesday? The Tuesday after Thanksgiving? Depends on what it is, I think. I, I still had some turkey and rice left. I think the turkey is good. And sweet potato. I think the rice is good. I think the sweet potato is good. I think you're good. Okay. I think you're good. What's not good to eat? Cause it depends I... on the smell. You got to do the smell test. Okay. But like, it's Tuesday. If it was refrigerated, I think you're fine. Throw all of that shit between two pieces of bread. Make you a little turkey day sandwich. You're good to go. We'll find out a little later. See how my stomach holds up. But yes, YDG unsanctioned. Um, we are coming off of the holiday weekend. Um, a lot of wrestling happened within the holiday weekend that Wednesday to Friday, Saturday, you know, and a lot of it, you know, got, uh, would you want to say lost in the shuffle? How do you feel? I feel like I kind of was like, I have a life (laughs) outside of just watching wrestling. Right. So I feel like I've watched everything. I feel like I don't remember most of it. <laughs> I don't want Full that to disclosure. be. I don't want that to be a reoccurring theme on this podcast. Nah, but, but it was, it was a holiday but now more than ever. You know what? And this it was is a holiday. And listen, this isn't so much. This isn't as much of a recap uh, podcast as it is a wrestling fan commentary. So I'll give you a hot take right now. There's a lot of wrestling to keep it's up with. It's too much. Now. It's too and much. Some weeks, hell yeah, it feels like it's too much. Like I really was hyped. And looking forward to watching um, the, uh, I'm going to mess up the name, the IPWF uh, episode of um, Impact. I didn't even get to that. And I didn't, I didn't finish it. Yeah. Like I, I watched like the first like half hour of it, and I haven't been able to get back to it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of burnout, man. Especially, all right, so everybody knows, you know, Survivor Series coming off of that, you know, NXT, uh, their momentum. I guess that was almost like the show to watch this week. But if the ratings show it, the holidays sort of like, you know, swallow that up in both shows, you know, AEW, NXT. I don't know what the SmackDown ratings are at this point, but like, you know. And I feel like that's to be, that's to be yeah, expected. Natural, like, people like, traveling, people are with, spending time with their family, you know, like, it's, it's a lot going on. It's like, if I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, I don't. I mean, I did get to a, uh, NXT, AEW. I did get to those two shows. Um... Full disclosure, I didn't get to not a lick of SmackDown. I tried to reach it, tried to read as like as many recaps as I could, but I, I couldn't even tell you what happened on SmackDown. And that's to keep it a buck with you. 
pick back up with uh, Raw and, you know, a lot of, more so like the news from like the weekend because like Starcade happened, I guess. Which I didn't even realize was happening until like maybe an hour before it came on. I was like, oh, they're doing, they're actually showing Starcade this year and it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. The thing with, um, I guess we could just jump right into it. The thing that kind of irks me about how they did Starcade was it seemed like if you go and you look at what the dark matches were, like as far as like the matches that they didn't air on the network, that seemed so much better than what they actually put on the network. Like one of the matches was like a cage match between Braun Strowman and The Fiend, something right. that we were talking about would be a dope feud happening down the line. Right. Like I think I mentioned last week on the show that like Braun is probably somebody that I can see eventually defeating The Fiend at some point. Right. So it was like for that to happen, I believe there was like a match with like Daniel Bryan and I don't have it in front of me, but like it just like the card was so much better. Like I think on the show, the show that aired on the network, we got like the OC versus the Street Profits, which we've seen before. It wasn't really nothing. Ric Flair was in their corner. So I guess it's like, ooh, Starcade. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You had um, WWE Starcade. The one thing that probably had a little bit of hype behind it was, and I even with that, didn't care about it, was the main event was supposed to be a last-man-standing match between Rusev and Bobby Lashley. And I say it has some hype behind it because this would be, like, the first match since these two have started this story. Yeah. And then that didn't even end up happening. And then that didn't even end up happening because Lana fouled another uh, restraining order against Rusev. And we ended up getting Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley, which was cool, but... It had no... Reason for no gravitas to yeah, it. Like, we didn't want to see it. We weren't invested in that. Like I don't know, man. WWE, y'all becoming a chore to really watch now. And then on the flip, like on like some um like outside of the ring notes with the show, like looking at a couple of like reports and stuff, it seemed like like the show didn't even do that well. Yeah, like, like the it crowd was like was... a handful of people there. It seemed. Yeah, like the crowd was super down. Yeah, yeah. The one good there thing, was, though, I apparently there were technical issues with the show. Too, yeah, like some of the mics the were messed. Like the one that I caught was um when uh, Owens, because Owens um opened up the show interviewing Flair, did the Kevin Owens show, and um which I just found out earlier this week that that was actually something he used to do with um with um what's the what's the site that used to do like the high shoot, spots? Yeah, that he used to do like the yeah. Kevin Owens. I never knew that before. Yeah. Never knew that before. But anyway, I digress. Well, the he, Kevin Steen show or whatever. Yeah, but, the Kevin Steen show, yeah. But what do you mean? Because, I mean, he had the Kevin Owens interview segment on... No, no, I mean, I, did, I, I just realized that he did it. He did something with High Spots. So oh, yeah, basically, yeah, like, yeah, the same yeah. thing. But, um, yeah, he interviewed Flair, and, like, Flair's mic wasn't working for the live crowd mm-hmm. when they started, so they had to, like, switch mics and stuff. So, like, it was some technical issues there as well. I even heard that it was some technical issues as far as, like, getting it out on the network. Like, some people couldn't get the show to load when they tried to watch it and everything. So, I don't know what the deal was there. The best thing to probably come out of it, a match I did actually really enjoy, was the the women's tag titles match. I thought that was really well done. It was um, Bliss and Cross against Becky and Charlotte against... 
Bailey and Banks against the uh, Kabuki Warriors, and that was a really good match. Mm. That was a really good match. The whole thing, they've been doing a really good job with the uh, tag titles these past couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm always here for the Oscar love. Though right. Kyrie in there, too. They've been going back and forth with Charlotte and everything. So I think that that's probably been one of my favorite things as far as the Raw side of things go recently. And, um, yeah, the match at Starcade was pretty good. But just as a whole, <clears throat> it's like, why are we doing it? If, if, you, if you're not going to do Starcade justice like why even do it why it's pretty, even show it's, it it's a it's a house show and it's not even like a glorified house or like a crown jewel would be with it's actually like real hype and heat behind it they just sort of like threw it together gave it to us at the last minute and then didn't deliver on like one of the matches that say what you want about rusev and lana and lashley lord knows we have been on this podcast for so long at least give us some type of payoff with it if you're gonna if you're gonna advertise it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can understand the logic in them wanting to hold off until um I guess TLC or whatever the next pay per view. Yeah, TLC is the next pay per view. Yeah, I think I like, can understand yeah. the logic behind that. But if you're gonna advertise it, freaking deliver on it. Give us something. Even of like a little pull. I mean, Rusev. I think he eventually did do like a little run in and everything like that. But it's we've just been, like, but we've been getting. That for yeah, a it's while been now. the same thing for weeks now. Yeah, for weeks now. And then like, and then the other thing about Starcade too is like this show happened. Y'all aired it. Yeah, I guess it's a house show, but it, I feel like once you air something on the network, it kind of becomes canon, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No mention of anything happening on Raw the next night. And it's so weird, like WWE. I just remember back. I just remember back to a time. I'm not saying that they need to necessarily go back to doing this all the time, but I remember a time where things would happen on the house show, and they would get mentioned. You know, the rare occasion the tag title would change, or God forbid, like Diesel winning the world the WWE Championship from Bob Backlund at a house show, and it's like things like that would get mentioned, like little storyline progressive things like things that progress the storylines would happen at house shows and you could mention them even if not for nothing even if they didn't have too much to like like even if like the result of what happened at the house show wouldn't steer the storyline in any like weird direction or any new direction at least mention it so that people can like feel like okay i want to go to a house show to see this happen like oh the oc attacked uh um street profits at the house show whatever whatever that seems like something I would want to go to a house show and see. Like, at least sort of, like, mention things happening at these shows on Raw, mm-hmm. on your SmackDown, And it just makes sense from a business point of view because, like you just said, yeah. it would make you, like... It's like some people just want to go to the Raws and the SmackDowns because they know the house shows don't mean anything. On a lesser extent, like, for me, I didn't watch Crown Jewel this past... Whenever it aired because I'm like, the show really doesn't mean anything. Why am I even... Gonna watch it when they first started doing these Saudi shows and the super shows in Australia and stuff like that. The way that they hyped it, it made it feel like, yo, this is gonna be some real big event. Until you seen that it basically just put every few in like a holding pattern mm-hmm. until we got back to the TV tapings. Right. Like nothing really happened, nothing really changed. It was a lot of the same finishes that we've already seen before, the same angles that we've already been seeing on TV. It's just a lot of the same shit. And it's like you can vary it up just a little bit just to gain that entrance, peak that interest. Even if it's one of like the smaller types, like have the fucking 24-7 title change hands or some shit. I don't know. Just something. Something, something to write home about. Something to put in the press release. Something. 
I don't know, man. I, but it really, like, to me, is, I, and I'm certain that this is what it is. It seems like it was one of those things to just, we got to call the show Starcade so we could continue to use the uh, the copyright, keep the trademark. Ah. WWE is so petty that yeah. way, though. Especially, I, like, with the news coming out that, like, um, supposedly, allegedly, I don't know if it's been confirmed, they're suing Cody because Cody's been kind of on a trademarking spree, trademarking all types of, like... I think he did like um, what's the uh bash at the well, beach? Yeah, I was gonna say that that has already been advertised. Bash he, at the beach. Hasn't he got it? a dusty dusty Rhodes name, and he's been trademarking a whole bunch of stuff. So apparently they're suing him. So I feel like this whole Starcade shit. It kind of reminds me of um, I'm gonna show my geekdom a little bit on like the Marvel movie side of things, where like how the fantastic four is owned by fox the rights Mm -hmm. were were owned by fox and not marvel disney or whatever and just so they could in order for them to continue to hold those rights they would have to put out a movie every so often or whatever so the last one that was like terrible with michael b jordan and everything it was really hastily thrown together just so they can continue to have that trade property yeah Yeah. and it seemed like it's something like oh well let's just Call this show Starcade. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it all works the same, but that's the vibe that I got from it because it's like you're not gonna, with the history with that comes along with Starcade, and that's what you give us. The show was like an hour and five minutes long, bro. Like it's like why even? It's, why even do it? Right. Like, <laughs> why like on one hand, it? it's like I guess you know, I guess fans aren't privy to that side of it where it's like you know they don't know that WWE like. The casual fan isn't going to know that WWE is trying to hold on to that copyright and that property, that name. But at the same time, WWE still have a a responsibility just to overall deliver, man. Mm -hmm. Like, just deliver on the shit you advertise. Put on the best show possible. And I feel like if it's going to be on the network, like you said, I feel like it should be canon. And I feel like it should be treated with some sort of, like, some sort of a smidge of importance. Uh, just a smidge yeah just a smidge and it's like they even like the next night on Raw they had like Owens and Bobby Lashley have a match but they just they made no mention of the interaction from the night before and the reasoning behind it I mean I don't know if you want to get into it now or if you want to work your way up to Raw well you can get because I don't feel like we're really going to go that deep into Raw (laughs) wasn't too much to talk about but Eh, I just want to have some structure but yeah man I don't know one of the (laughs) Listen, <laughs> this, there's been something. I, the past few Raws have started off so weird. No, no, with the exception of last week, I think, with Seth Rollins cutting that promo in the oh. beginning after Survivor Series. That sort of makes sense. But last night's Raw was like, okay, so what was it? Seth Rollins was out there. He was apologizing for his actions and the things he said last week and whatnot. He was trying to justify and everything. Mm-hmm. He said Raw is like a family to me. I take you know I take it serious. Whatever, whatever. Kevin Owens comes out right, rightfully so. You know, calls him on his bullshit, right, and actually says the word bullshit, which is you know I guess he nice curses stuff. the right way. Curses the right way. It was it was decent. Um, but Kevin Owens is out there. You know, he did sort of like I guess Seth Rollins sort of left him for dead as AOP attacked him last week and they didn't oddly enough they didn't attack Seth Rollins even though Seth Rollins had called them out at the beginning of the show as well specifically called them out too right singled them out right so Kevin Owens was calling bullshit on everything that Seth Rollins was saying right and then AOP came out right and you think like okay we're gonna get Seth Rollins versus 
uh, Kevin Owens and AOP is going to back him up, or we're going to get AOP versus Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Maybe Kevin Seth Rollins is going to be like, "Hey, I didn't tell you guys to do that last week." Whatever. Then we're going to get something right. Everybody in the ring at that moment. Nobody interacted with each other. Nobody hit each other. Nobody. They didn't have a match. I think Kevin Owens was saying he wanted to fight. And nobody accepted, and they just walked away. And then out trots Lana for what seemed like an eternity before she even said anything on the mic. And then she's just rambling on and on and on. And then for whatever reason now, Bobby Lashley, instead of like, oh, they cut to the back to show Lana and Lashley coming to the ring. Yeah, and I think they And then went to commercial. And then you got to imagine the fans in the building are like, what's going on? like a good three minutes then they come out and then lana's taking forever and she comes out separately from lashley and then she calls out last it's like what the fuck is going on that 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 showed me that like lana's gotten real comfortable with the story and everything and again we talked about like how we hate it but apparently it does gangbusters on like the youtube numbers and stuff no but never mind i'm just talking about the structure of how all those things rolled out and like rolled into each other or didn't in such a like harmonious way like now, for me, the whole interaction between AOP, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens, that, 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 that made sense because it's like, to me, it showed that like Kevin Owens is like, all right, I've seen this happen before. Let me guess. We're going to get in a tag match, and then all three of you guys are going to end up turning on me and beating mm-hmm. me down. So if we're going to do it, let's just do it. And Seth being Seth, like, all right, if you want to be like that, fine. I'm just going to leave. And, right. You know, like, I, I understood that from each of their characters' point of view. I still don't know what AOP's motive is or whatever. It played out a little weird, though. But it didn't play out a little weird. It was like a little awkward. from a character standpoint. You're right. It was right. a little awkward. So then um, Owens is there, like, challenging anybody. And I guess, for whatever reason, Lana and Bobby are the ones to answer. Now, me watching Starcade again the night before... I assume, okay, the reason why Lashley's answering is because of the little interaction that they had at Starcade. But if I didn't watch Starcade, I didn't watch Starcade. I would have never known that that happened. And that wasn't. And that would have at least been like, okay, I can This see is them why they're on their way out and everything right. like that. They still got beef from last night. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, but none of that was mentioned by commentary. None of that was played up or anything like that. You got Lana coming out first, who stumbling all over herself because she can't hold a candle to Kevin Owens on the ma- on the mic. Yeah, you know Owens was kind of shitting all over her, which as well he should. Mm-hmm. And she was definitely a little flustered by it, but you know, I don't want to just put that on Kevin Owens being out there though. She flumbles every week. This 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 is very very true, and it's not the rag on Lana, but. No, it is to rag on Lana. You fuck up, you fuck up. Like, (laughs) Like, this storyline has brought out the worst in all three of those characters to me. Rusev looks like a damn clown. Yeah. Every time he comes to the ring, and I want to cheer Rusev, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? He's being positioned as the guy that we should cheer, and we should all feel bad. And when he does get his little revenge on, you know, Lana and Lashley, is like, great. But at the same time, the road it took us to get here. It's like, y'all could have just had Rusev whooping ass every week and we would cheer for Rusev anyway. Like, why do we gotta? Why do we have to endure this La- storyline? Last week's interaction 
with like Rusev knocking him off the stage and knocking part of the set down on him. Like that was cool. The getting the handcuffed and fighting off the police officers and stuff. That was cool. But this week Rusev kind of came out. I wish we had the camera for y'all could see me. But he like came out like very very animated and cartoony. Like ah, hi Lana, ah, ooh, ooh. like and it's just like. This oh, you man took into- your wife. You should be a lot more like pissed and upset, and it just it just. You want to it- get into that part of it? How like the whole the restraining order shit? We just gonna throw that out the window completely <laughs> with with him. Okay, so somebody um broke it down on Reddit for me, which like it made sense. I'm I'm just gonna assume that it's true. If it's on the internet, it's true. They said that um basically when it comes to like restraining orders and stuff like that, that's a uh civil thing that's not necessarily a criminal thing right so really the officers apparently didn't need to arrest rusev there because that's something that needs to be taken up in civil Civil. court so rusev essentially would just have to pay like a fine yeah so they so so that's kind that's why they kind of had like the officers there like oh well we're fans of the show and we're not gonna do any like cause apparently to play up that they know that Lana's been fucking with Rusev's and mm-hmm. they don't agree with it and then that's why they arrested Lashley and Lana because they both hit them quote unquote but it's just I shouldn't have to go and learn and teach myself all of that to understand yeah. what's going on like uh, Fuck this storyline. <laughs> We've been saying it for weeks, honestly. Let's just fuck this storyline. Just finds new ways for us to get angry at it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, man. Oh, you want to just continue with Raw since we're here? I guess. Anything else happen? Like, nah, we're the bullet points. I need the bullet points, man. No, nah, I don't even have that. Ma- I mean, like to me, like Raw was pretty much like running the mill. You had um. Drew basically ran through Tazawa. That was cool. Yeah. Nice to see Drew getting a good, good look. I'm trying, see, I'm trying to think if we've seen that match on the indies before, like in PWG or something at the odd, like Bola or something like that. I would think so. I would think so. If if not, they had great chemistry in there together. I mean, granted, Tazawa got squashed, but he made Drew look like a freaking monster. Yeah, I only mentioned that because Tazawa spent a lot of time in PWG, and I'm trying to think if it was around the same time that uh, Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway. Drew Galloway was on the independent circuit, and you know, infrequently, I guess, wrestling for PWG and making the spot appearances. I'm not sure, but yeah, that match was pretty good. But it was what you would, I, I would assume, what you would think would happen if Drew got in the ring. They played up. The, they played up the whole um, him and Orton after, which is that's actually a feud I'm like excited for. Yeah, like him and Orton and the whole like. You know, McIntyre telling him it's not RKO out of nowhere anymore. It's Claymore kick out of nowhere, which, like, Drew kind of does hit that shit out of nowhere, right. too, when you least expect it. So I'm kind of excited for that. I'm becoming more and more of a Randy Orton mark just because, <laughs> man, nigga. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but even also, like, I love just, like, Randy Orton's, like, whole character of, like, the. The odd thing about Randy Orton to me now, though, and it's something I've come to realize within, like, the past few years, is, like, for as much as, like, critics have been like, oh, Randy Orton is boring, his match style is boring, whatever, I go back to the Saudi Arabia show, like, Crown Jewel, right? Especially this last one. Um, He's over, but I think the reason why he's over, not for nothing, and why he's almost, like, beloved at this point 
is because of the whole RKO out of nowhere meme and like how that was like a thing that went viral for a while. Like the little Randy Orton videos of him, like the animated him, like hitting the RKO on people. So I've come, I think that sort of crossed over to mainstream. And I think like fans universally who may not be invested in the storylines or anything like that, just love Randy Orton at this point, just for that reason. And that's part of the reason why I've come to the conclusion. This is a hot take, might be a hot take. The RKO, greatest wrestling finisher of all time. Yeah. It looks gorgeous every time that he hits it. Mm -hmm. Like how DDP used to say, I can hit the diamond cutter from anywhere. Orton actually hits the RKO from any and everywhere. It looks beautiful. It's safe. Mm -hmm. He can hit it on anybody. Greatest finisher of all time. Right. Nah, it's a great finisher. It's a great, great finisher. But I think it speaks more to how social media plays into I guess like the attention that main that wrestling gets from the mainstream, mm-hmm. right? Like remember, like I I brought it up a few weeks ago, uh Orange Cassidy, that whole moment where he like dove out of the ring, hands in his pockets and whatnot. I've seen that tweet I've seen that like retweeted and reposted by people who don't watch wrestling at all, who will sit here and say, like, yo, wrestling is fake. I don't, how could you watch that nonsense? They'll sit there and post this, like, yo, this is my yo, this mood. This is my mood for the day. And it's like, <laughs> that type of thing is important. Like, yo, that, yep. as much as any great storyline could get a guy over, Randy Orton is over for life because of the, what, RKO, out the, of RKO, the RKO out of nowhere being a thing <clears throat> online and on social media. Yep. So, yeah, man. Um, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, though, that's an interesting feud. They say something about, like, did Drew have a line where he said something like, yo, you're just mad? Or, or did Randy Orton have a line where it was like, oh, are you mad that I'm taller than you or something like that? That was from the match um, that they were, the Fade of Four, where they were in with Ray and uh, Ricochet from last week, where they had that, oh, if you haven't seen the clip of Drew and Orton chopping each other, Drew right. chopped the shit out of the Randy Orton. Right. <laughs> as much as I sit here and say, like, yo, Drew has the build of a champion and what all this other stuff, Randy Orton, when they were side by side in the ring together, yeah, I was just like, damn, I never realized Randy Orton was like that. Drew's more imposing. beefy, but beef. Orton's beef. But Orton, Orton definitely has the high. Orton, Orton's a really big guy that you... It, Television doesn't do, doesn't do him justice how big he is. I just remember, Pulse. I just remember, and I, it's funny because like I've been online and like for whatever reason YouTube has just been like spamming me with like um, the history of SmackDown video games and the history of this video game series, the history of that video game series. And I remember back to a time when Randy Orton used to have like the blue and gold tights, like when he was like a rookie, rookie. And I was just like, man, this guy looks like... Yes, and he had the overdrive as a finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody had the overdrive as their first finisher. I was like, this guy is a scrub. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this skinny, lanky guy? He's he's the son of Bob Orton. The Bob Orton that used to come out with... And be fucking uh, Roddy Piper. He looked like, he looked like such a bum. I started like a, or and this is slowly turning into like a Orton appreciation show. Oh, <laughs> I, I I started like it or in the first like gimmick, I guess you could call it that. Like I was like, yo, I like this guy. Was actually when Orton got injured. And I don't know if you remember when they did the RNN news, and he yeah, would be like, yeah, yeah. he would like cut in between matches. Like, just want to let everybody know my shoulder is currently at. Nine percent healed, like, <laughs> and this went on for like a good like six months of uh, shoulders at uh eighty three percent fully when, healed right now. That was when like 
That was yeah, man. That was a nice. I think that game. was before like evolution. That was before evolution. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. That that was a great way of keeping somebody that's injured like in the on television. Mm-hmm. People know who they are and everything like this that. This is so weird. Like, st- and a stupid thing like that could get a guy over and keep a guy like sort like relevant. And like WWE doesn't even pay attention to shit like that anymore. Like, I know you get yourself over and look no further than how they did your boy um Zack Ryder. Got himself over mm-hmm. on YouTube. Was one of like the first people to really do that with the YouTube show, True Long Island Story. I'm probably butchering the name. And they did nothing with him. Yep. Actually, I feel like they made a point to squash him even more because he was getting himself right. over. Like, no, we tell you guys who to like. It's so terrible because they shoot themselves in the foot. They could have made gangbusters with... They could make gangbusters. If they let half these guys have the input that they used to have back in the day when it came to their characters, they could probably make gangbusters. Because Lord knows the wrestlers probably know, or the performers probably know, what they can tap into to connect with the fans better. But WWE just be like, nah. And, like, it's so weird because I feel like we're in this time and era where it's like all these matches, all these guys are putting on these great five-star matches. And while I appreciate it, it's it's like, damn, it's like, it's almost overkill. Like, I, I don't even look at anything as, like, special anymore unless it's, like, a real few, like, to invest in or some real characters to invest in. Otherwise, I'm kind of like, all right, great, he had a great match. Humberto Carrillo had a great match, another great match. Cedric Alexander had another great match. But who gives a fuck? Like, these people, and these people have personalities, too. Like, if you, like, keep up with some of, like, the social medias and stuff like that. Like, I think we might have touched on a couple of episodes ago with um with Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, talking about, like, how her character's been since she come back. And I was telling you, like, how it's funny because, like, on her Instagram, like, she's more or less the same character, but she definitely plays up the whole, like, I came back from my hiatus because Vince gave me a Brink's truck full of money. Like, right. I'm here just to get a check. Like, playing up that character, that whole, like, now nah, you gotta pay me for this, you gotta pay me. And I feel like that would translate so well on TV if they let her kind of do it more. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad. It, like, I wouldn't be upset. Me, personally, I don't know if all the rest of the wrestling fans feel this way. Because I look at, like, a show like Impact Wrestling, right? Where it's like, yes, they're hanging on by a thread. Yes, it's almost like low budget at this point. But it's like, I love the fact that they do what they can to sort of make the characters stand out more so than just the wrestling aspect of the show, right? And NXT, to an extent, you know, they shoot like good vignettes and stuff like that. Vignettes. Mm -hmm. Vignettes, I'm saying that right? Mm -hmm. They shoot like good vignettes and stuff like that. Get like a guy like a Velveteen Dream over, right? Like... Mm -hmm. Like, I go back to, like, eat like the e- EC3 and Velveteen Dream Feud, where they, like, had, like, that interview outside, like, Velveteen's, like, pools, like, yeah. step into my office. Yeah, you yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? And it was, like, that was so great in terms of, like, letting you know, like, those who those characters are, right? And it's, like, Lord knows EC3, he's not, like, a five-star match kind of guy. Neither is Velveteen Dream, but the characters could play off of each other well. Give us some of that. It's a show at the end of the day. It's a TV show at the end of the day. I don't want to just keep seeing match, 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 You have all these tools for people to use to get themselves over who are actually getting themselves over. And you could could do so much with it to make it look better on TV. Like, one thing that just popped in my my mind now is if... I don't know if anybody's been following. It's it's funny, (laughs) but, like, just... Listen, bear with me here. The whole thing with... um. 
Batista and Dana Brooke going back and forth on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Basically, both of them trying to smash each other. That's essentially right. what it's been. Mm. Like, and like people have been like so behind Dana Brooke because of it, because it's just been entertaining just right. to see them go back and forth. So if I'm running the company, I'm like, yo, you know what, Dana? You're going to start doing the Batista bomb. We're going to play into this shit. Something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like little shit like that mm. that just play into it more. If people are getting themselves over, you should want people to get over. You should want people to care about these people. You should want people to care more about the show. Not just who you want to force down everybody's throat because they're big and beefy and whatever the case is. But that's the thing. I don't think that anybody right now, I don't think they care about anybody on the show. Like, if you look at the show, who do they care about? Who do they care? If you look at Raw, who do they care about? I'm spending a lot of time on a show that I dislike. (laughs) Oh, Seth. Outside of Seth, I would have said Becky before. Becky hasn't been on Raw in two weeks. Has Becky? Becky has not been on Raw in two, like not even like backstage, not an interview, not nothing. The Raw Women's Champ has not been on Raw since Survivor Series. I feel like she's been vocal though. She has. She so she had a dark match after the show last night that didn't air against Kyrie Sane for the mm-hmm. women's title and they interviewed her after and she basically I'm assuming that the reason why she hasn't I'm hoping it's because this is going to play into the story but um she hasn't been there since um her whole thing has been she's been wanting to have another match with Asuka because Asuka missed it, her the last time that she was on a match in Raw and remember Asuka beat Becky for her belt Royal Rumble mm-hmm. this past this past this year's Royal Rumble or whatever there's like this whole weird dynamic too that I didn't realize between Oscar, Becky and Charlotte where it's like all three of them are on Raw now Oscar can't beat Charlotte whenever they fight Charlotte always gets to win Charlotte can't beat Becky and Becky can't beat Oscar. So you have like these three who kind of go back and forth but one can't beat the other one can't beat the other like it has the makings of like a good little three-way feud for the title if you chose to do that. The only problem you well continue. I was gonna say the only problem I guess with that would be is that Oscar is the tag champ. Yeah, yeah, Oscar's want. the tag champ now, obviously. But um, but yeah, it's just um. So so yeah, after the match on Raw, she kind of cut a promo where she was basically saying that like this is to to steal from Batista again to give her what she wants. She wants another match with Oscar. She didn't blatantly say it, but she was like, you know, the powers that be are holding me back. They know what I mm. want. And just like left it at that. Mm. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's kind of playing off a story, but it's just weird that you had this whole big thing where she main evented Survivor Series and then she hasn't been featured on the show since. Right. And I can't put any faith on what you just said with the, uh, with the, what she said after the match, because that was a dark match technically. And it's yeah. Like, if they don't even acknowledge, technically, it's not canon, right? <laughs> you know, if they don't even if they if they don't acknowledge what happened on the network the night before. Why would not, I think they would acknowledge this? Right. Even though they tend to do it whenever it suits them, whenever they want to. But it's just like it shouldn't be that way. It's a confusing ass. It, mess. it really, really is. It and really, it's really, really not is. that. Yeah, and it really doesn't have to be that way. Like it's not that hard. Like I don't understand why WWE just doesn't get their shit right. But just while we were talking about the women, another good thing, another good match from um, Raw that I enjoyed, it was actually the uh, the handicap match. It was the Kabuki Warriors taking on Charlotte. And, like, for a second, and I would have been completely upset if it happened, it looked like Charlotte might have beaten them by herself. Mm. But, you know, they it was definitely a nice little back-and-forth match. 
I think they played it off the finisher. The finish was real creative. Uh, Charlotte got Asuka in the figure eight. And while when she arches up to, you know, transition into the figure eight, Kyrie hit her with the elbow off the top and got the pin. Nice. So um, that was good. Um, we had an Eric Young appearance on Raw, which is, I legit forgot that he was <laughs> with the company, to be completely honest with you. And it sucks. Eric Young is so good. He is. Eric, he is. Even like like why you know we we've seen in TNA he can do like the comedy shit. Like if you put do some shit with him and like our truth or something. I just want guys to get used. Guy I, I get upset with like talented guys are just not being used at all. Right. And it's, it's like you're just signing them just so they can't do anything anywhere else. That's you're taking years off of their career, years off of their life. It ain't right, man. But what are you gonna do? Um Alistair Black ran through Tony Lee's. Well, go back to Eric Young. It was Eric Again. Young versus Andrade. Yeah. Good match. Good back and forth match. Do you think that somebody like an Eric Young, while we know his talent, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that he probably could be used more. The fact that WWE hasn't really used him. Do you think him having such a competitive match with Andrade hurts Andrade a little bit? More than it does help Eric Young? Because it feels like, okay... Watching the match last night, it was like Eric Young was looking really, really good, right? Which, one one side of me is like, great. But then, like, if I'm following and I'm watching week to week, it's like, who the fuck is Eric Young and why is he... So now, I will why say... Why isn't Andrade wiping the floor with So him now, right I now? will say that this was an example of commentary helping. Mm-hmm. Because, if you remember, Joe was doing commentary for right. the night. Joe has that history with Young from TNA and everything. So they made a point to um, Vic asked Joe, like, oh, Joe, you've wrestled with Eric Young a lot. Tell us about, you know, Joe did a really good job of putting Eric Young over. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you caught what Joe was saying, then it's kind of like, all right, he if, if Joe's putting him over, then I can see, like, he's yeah. why he's having this back-and-forth match with Andrade. But if you didn't catch any of that, I can definitely see you, too, like, Who's this jobber and why isn't Andrade right. running it's, through him? And this is weird because now I feel like, okay, you almost... Not saying you have to push Eric Young to the moon, but now you got to feature him a little more. You got to feature him a little more. Yeah, you yeah. got to feature him. You got to make him look like a worthy competitor, if anything. I mean, he doesn't have to be like a, a title contender. I don't necessarily see that happening. But, you know... Just, just let him get some good offense and some good showings and matches. Right. He doesn't have to win, but he could be like an Apollo Crews, like, type. You know what nah, I mean? fuck Apollo Crews. Don't be like an Apollo Crews. <laughs> Hell no. Listen. 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 Like, a few minutes ago when I mentioned, like, mat- like guys having good matches, good matches, good matches. Apollo Crews, sad to say... And I'm not saying this, you know, he's probably a good guy. He's probably a great guy in person. I'm probably, I feel like I'm going to run into him eventually at some point. Because <laughs> I feel like that's how the world works. He's going to ask you about this this episode right here. Yeah. If, fuck Apollo Crews, that's what you said? No, no, yeah. but, <laughs> no, but honestly, it's like the guys there, you know, like I feel like everybody's capable of putting on a good match for the most part. I want to see personality out of people. At this point, I want to see characters. It's like... I almost want the characters to I want the characters to stand out more and then when a great match happens it shocks me. Like I shouldn't be at the point where it's like great matches happen and I don't care. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. 
that picture that you keep on scrolling by, fucking Seth Rollins and that devil. <laughs> I don't know why I keep on thinking that's like China or something. <laughs> I don't even know where this picture is from. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I'm leaving. Eric Eric Rowan versus No Way Jose. Just. I'm gonna just keep moving. <laughs> I don't even know. Forget I know, I no way, Jose. I don't know what they're doing with Eric Rowan. I want to know what's inside the cage. What I do you do. think it is? Um, I don't know. I want to say it's a small animal, but I'm feeling like somebody said it's a skunk. A skunk would have been like sprayed up the audience. But though. but they've said that they you can domesticate skunks. Like I've seen, so that they don't spray up the. I believe so. I mean that would be different. Yeah, it would be unexpected. But then what's the, what's the point? Of but it? what's the point? Yeah, what, exactly. what's the point? What? I mean, I guess it just gives, like, okay, to go back to my whole character thing, right? Yeah. Sometimes characters do need a little, like, quirky hook, right? So if Eric Rohn was, like, this big, dangerous guy, right, who we've seen him fuck shit up, and then he had, like, a little, like, pet animal, like a little ferret that he talks to or something like that, it's like, uh, okay, he could have a pet ferret as long as he's out here fucking shit up, and if you mess with that ferret, he's gonna fuck you up. So you think they're going to try to maybe go like a kind of uh, Jake the Snake-esque yeah, type route kinda, with him? kind of. Where like he uses the animal to like intimidate the opponents and stuff like that? If the animal is intimidating, yes. If the animal... Because see, if it's a skunk, you can kind of do that with a skunk. You kind of tease the skunk. It would be weird. I've it would be kind of weird. I've never heard of anyone domesticating a skunk. <laughs> it would be kind of weird. But, that's um, something you gotta go. That's something you gotta go out of your way to educate yourself yeah, on, like yeah. you did with the whole uh, the, the uh, what was it the um, the civil civil suit versus not civil suit the uh, oh the um the, the restraining, the restraining order, order shit yeah yeah, yeah yeah you shouldn't have to do all that right but um yeah we talked about the uh, the women's match and um, I mean uh, it was a good match the main event was a uh, Humberto Carrillo Ricochet Rey Mysterio versus the OC and. It, I, I feel like we've seen this match like 10 times already. We've seen a combination of these guys fighting. Different combination. Yeah. It, it, it was a good match, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't really anything. You ain't missed anything if you didn't see it. And Damn, here's the thing. Knight ended off with Orton, RKO, and AJ Styles. AJ had an OC. I called him out early All in right. the night. That was okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. I'm getting sick and tired of the OC. <laughs> never in my life, never in my life, do I want to put AJ Styles in the category? It was like I'm sick of this shit. Shit. Or it happens. Ev- it happens every time that they try to rehash this Bullet Club shit. Shit. Or every get- single shit time. Or get off the fucking pot. You know what made Bullet Club so fucking cool in Japan is because Bullet Club would come in and disrupt the shit out of what was normally happening on the show. Like you know, New Japan was like you know main event. We're going to have two guys go out there. They're going to give it their all. We're going to have a clear-cut winner. It's going to be no shenanigans. Bullet Club would come out. These Westerners. <laughs> These Westerners would come out. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. We're going to play. No, it's fine. We're going to play by the rules. No, we know. We know. We know. <laughs> and shenanigans, shenanigans, all shenanigans, shenanigans. And fuck shit up until one of them became the champ, right? <laughs> this OC group. <laughs> Has done jack shit, but talk and get their asses That's kicked. It. It's like one week they win, and then the next week they lose. And one week they win, and the next week they lose. But none of it is moving forward to anything. No one is challenging for a title. 
No, like it's just a holding pattern of just I'm gonna AJ's gonna come out and say some funny, uh, awkward healer shit, and Humberto, whoever it is, Humberto, Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, that they're gonna fight them, and they're either gonna win or they're gonna lose. But nobody gets jumped. Their whole there's no spray paint. Their whole nobody gets put through a tape. Nobody gets fucked up. No main event. That's one of Ma- the rare nothing things. happens. That's one of the rare situations where I feel like they would benefit from the stable being like a good six to seven people. Like, but even still, you gotta do some. You gotta, like, you gotta do shit. You yeah, gotta yeah, fuck definitely. some shit up. Definitely. You can't just. I mean, you can't just come out I'm there laughing. sometimes win and sometimes lose. I'm laughing. You talking about like you know well, the original the original Bullet Club and just I hate about, this group. Just thinking about <laughs> some of the shit that they did, like um. Your boy uh, Tammy Tonga a couple of years ago when I think they were in like I don't know if it was the G no or maybe it was a, what's what's the shit New Japan does the tag shit um shit so one of their tournaments like the that they league. did yeah. and like Tim he just like kept doing shit to get disqualified and just throwing like the whole shit off fuck, <laughs> fuck. that was the G one I think last year or the year before that Tama Tonga was like. Man, fuck! Like, like yes, every, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking like of. Where every, he just he just shitted on the whole concept like every of the G1. Match he would cheat. <laughs> and like, man, fuck it. And then and then turned from that, and then from that he turned into the nah. I'm a changed guy, and I'm good guy, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> good guy, Tammy Tom. Like, <laughs> but you got to do something, man. Between and that and even this past year, this, a couple of weeks ago with the tag um thing that they got going on, it was um your man um your man um Bad Fale and uh Chase Owens. Against and um, Kenta and um, I feel bad. I don't know the dude's name, but I know he comes out with um, Tokyo Latina. Uh, Dude in Dude in the Bullet Club. I was about to say Kyoto. That's not. Yes, I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tokyo Pimp. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was the two of them, and like you know, it's all like Bullet Club against Bullet Club, and Kenta's trying to tell Chase, "You lay down. I'm calling rank. You lay down for me. I'm gonna pin you. That's it." They don't want to do it, so they all talk about it. Bad Luck Fale gets in there. He's the general. They talk it over, and they say, you know what? We're out of here. They all leave the match. They're walking. They're walking. Ref's counting. One, two, three. They're all walking to the back. He Ref gets to, like, 15. They're still walking. Chase Owen turns around, tries to run back to the <laughs> ring to get the count out. Just stuff like that. It's just fun, man. But, yeah, but the OC, they just don't. They don't do nothing. They don't do anything. They don't do nothing. They just come out and say they're mother lovers and this, that, and the third. Like, they don't do anything. I haven't seen anyone get jumped. I haven't seen anyone get brutalized. I haven't seen... As big as Luke Gallows is, you think Luke Gallows would have killed someone by now. The best thing that they've done since they've come to the company and they've tried to do this whole club, OC, whatever variation it was of it, was like around the early days when they first did it, I believe, when it was the whole... We just want to beat up John Cena. Just yeah. beating up John Cena just to beat up John Cena. Yeah. Like, that was, like, fun. That was good. It was entertaining. You know what I mean? But That was when SmackDown was the underdog show that you should have been watching. And it was actually better than Raw. But, you know, but Raw that was wasn't the, the A show. Raw was the A show. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah, that was Raw. It ended up, like I said, with... um. AJ getting RKO'd, um, that was because of, I believe because um, Randy costed him the uh, the title the previous week, like RKO'd him and um, Mysterio got the win and won the title. I think Raw suffers from there not being that main champion. Yeah. 
Like when Brock's yeah. not there or when there's not like the big title to fight for, the show just seems pretty mid card. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I definitely agree with you. And it's you. not that a mid card can't be enjoyed, but you you appreciate the mid card more when there's a main event main course meal to sink your teeth into as well you know what i'm saying it's like okay the steak is coming later but i like this little shrimp on the side right here you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like they got a real good few going over this title and you know and i guess they're trying to build it to make like the u.s title a bigger deal when brock's not around but it's just but you got it on mysterio right now it hasn't been hidden it hasn't been hidden like you have it on mysterio and you have mysterio fighting in a six-man tag with the OC it hasn't is, been hitting like it's it the, should it's the epitome of just who cares it hasn't been hitting like it should um wanna go over to uh AEW sure sure A- um get nah AEW usually would be like the show that I'm looking forward to the most the show to sort of save the the mediocrity but I don't know about AEW this week man I I don't want to say it, it was. It wasn't bad. It was. It was. It was an okay show. Right. It was. It wasn't bad, but it was okay. Might have been the worst one since they started. But again, I'm, it wasn't bad. It just was. It just wasn't. It was okay. Right. It was. It was better than Raw, <laughs> but that it was. But it was okay because even like some of the segments, like while they started good, like they opened up with the whole Chris Jericho. I forget what they call it, like the thank you celebration, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. celebration, whatever it was. So I don't know if tremendous you had your man soul train jones in the ring virgil stumbling over all of his lines your man had cue cards and still couldn't get the words out stumbling over all the lines jericho comes out there's like a band out there there's these big balloons there's all this other stuff you know the uh inner circle comes out they're giving him gifts and stuff like that your man jack hager comes out with like a go oh this is chris jericho or whatever it, it was it was a little you know no cheap laughs. It was funny, but like the way that it ended with like um, it ended with um, SCU yeah, were dressed yeah. up as some of the bands and they came in and attacked them and it just it kind of fell flat for me. It was just wasn't no real yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like for me, like that would have been better if it happened last week, leading up to the match with Scorpio Sky. But it's just weird for it to be the opening segment when like. Scorpio Sky and Jericho have this big match. Yeah, they have like a, later in the evening. Well, maybe I don't know if they played this up on commentary at all, but maybe Jericho. Maybe they could have played it off like Jericho was taking Scorpio Sky lightly. Mm-hmm. But then Scorpio Sky probably shouldn't have been out there attacking. Because I feel like Scorpio Jericho, Sky. This is the biggest opportunity. Yeah, that, yeah, right. Now, if it was just Kazarian and Daniels, then cool. Right. You know, but. It's like, all right, well, Scorpio, you should be getting ready for this match. You out here dressing, playing dress up. <laughs> right. And that would have been a cool little like dynamic to show, you know, Scorpio Sky is in the back stretching and whatever, getting himself focused, getting ready and whatnot. And here comes Jericho with all his shenanigans, not really taking it too seriously. Yeah, because he's like, thinking like they he the last thing he's thinking, they just showed Scorpio was getting ready for the match. So the last thing he's thinking is SCU is gonna disrupt mm-hmm. his whole shit. I, I like that idea. That yeah, I like that idea. That's what they should have did. That's definitely what they should have did. And then uh, one of the things that we were going back and forth for the bit was um, we had a big debut. I guess it's a big debut. Big debut on AEW. It was a, it was, it was a debut. The uh, weird. The butcher, the blade, and the bunny. The only people that, <laughs> the only person that knew who these guys were, 
at the time, at least it felt like it. I'm pretty sure, you know, indie fans and stuff, people who follow these guys, I guess, know who they are. But, like, Excalibur. Excalibur knew everything about these guys. knew everything but told us nothing. (laughs) That's the butcher there in, uh... Oh, wait, it's the blade. And, and JR was like, well, who are who, these guys? Who are horn? <laughs> that's the butcher and the blade. And, oh, that's the bunny. <laughs> it's like, man. Okay, so my, my my first, like, problem with it started with, so the way that they debuted, they uh, it was after Cody's match. Cody had a squash match, which I seen, just real quick, let me get your take on this. I seen people complaining that for a squash match, Cody came out and that, like, why does Cody have so much pyro when he comes out? The things that people complain about. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I would say, why is Cody in this weird squash match? Like, here's the thing, like, it, it looked weird to me only because the guy that they had Cody fighting seemed like so not on like the a level. bum <laughs> so like not on bum. the level to be like on tv let alone fighting cody like i could see how these matches are like entertaining when you have a big guy like let's say like a Braun Strowman fighting these guys or yeah. like the, uh, the 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 viking warriors fighting like a team of like these like absolute scrubs and they get their real big guy moves over and stuff like that and they just absolutely obliterate these little puny you know specimens i guess but cody rhodes fighting this guy coming off of a chance. And I get maybe they're trying to like play it up like, oh, Cody, you know, he's back down the ranks now that he lost his title match against Jericho. He has to fight his way back up. But then even that's weird because Cody's not necessarily going to challenge for the title again. So why have Cody out there fighting this scrub? I It was weird. It was weird for so many other reasons besides the pyro. But yeah. if people picked up on the pyro, I, just, I don't get it's it. weird. Uh, and at first, I'm like, I don't really see what the big... Especially if you go back and if you look at... I need to send you these clips that I came across. If you look at old Nitro, old WCW, they went all in with the pyro sometimes. It's like this one intro, entrance that Kevin Nash had. I'm going off on a tangent. That Kevin Nash had where, like, his pyro was literally going off for, like, a good 30 seconds. Like, to the point Nash is walking down the ramp, turns around like, damn, this shit is still going right. off. <laughs> Nah, there'll be some guys in WCW that would get pyro for no reason, like some of like, like Super Colo, like, like fam. Why is Super Colo man? L, L Dandy coming out with pyro. pyro. But anyway, so after the Cody match, Cody's in the ring. He's calling out MJF and on Wardlow and um, the Blade. That's his name, the Blade, right? Mm-hmm. The Blade cuts open the. Uh, the uh the ring and they climb from under the ring. He comes out first. My first thought, my my immediate first first thought, the blade wears a mask. You thought it was. It kind of looked like Marty Skrull for a second. Oh, okay. I saw a lot of people think. Well, my first my first thought was the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why would that? Yeah, but God, yeah. the whole thing with Marty because I know that like his contract with ROH is coming up. All signs point to him going to AEW. Right. So it's just like, I just thought that that would have been a real dope way for him to debut. You know, he's the villain, this, that, and the third. It just looked like it real quick. So I got, I kind of perked up in my seat a little Mm -hmm. bit real quick. Then the bigger of the two, the butcher comes out. And then it's kind of like, 
all right, well, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> like, really, that's really what it was. They come out, and then they have the bunny, who I didn't realize was Allie at first. Yeah. Which apparently is like a gimmick that she's done before in Impact. And yeah, You could yeah. probably speak to that a little bit more. I can't really. I mean, yeah, she goes into, like, her darker character, which is But it was something bunny. that, like, like I think, like, Rosemary, like, influenced onto her yeah. or something like that. But it's just weird to see it come up in this instance because I don't see why she would want to do that in AEW. I mean, like, from a storyline standpoint. So, what? how they, how I've seen it to be, like, kind of justified, and I still think that it could have been better, but it does make a little bit of sense. If you remember last week, she was doing, well, the previous week, Dynamite, she was doing an interview with um Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. Schiavone, Schiavone. <laughs> Schiavone, on the ramp, where um Awesome Kong came out and kind of jumped her, cut her hair off, and right. took that, and, like, I guess that kind of triggered the transformation, if you will. But does it play into, does she want to now get revenge on Cody and as a way to get that, that, she to, to get back to Brandy? It's weird. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I'd roll with that storyline. That's fine. But I just wish they would explain yeah. it. I wish- like, if you connect the dots, it makes sense. But you shouldn't have to do, oh, well, this happened. So then this happened. So then she's doing this to get back at this one because of this. Like, yeah. you shouldn't have to connect all the it's, dots yourself. That's like my one complaint about AEW is that so much happens and you're just supposed to sort of like, no. Like, even Excalibur saying, you know, that's the blade and that's the bunny. I still don't the, know who these like, guys Like, you're saying are. it like I'm supposed to fucking know that. I and still it's don't like, know fam, who these guys I have are. no fucking clue who these people are that just came up from underneath the ring now, and why they came up from underneath the ring. Why are they dressed like this? Why does one have a mask? Why is, uh, uh, what's her name? Allie. Allie. Why is Allie dressed as a bunny? Like, I don't know all these things, so please. I don't know. But, um, not to, <laughs> not to, not to justify, but I, 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 I believe, if I had to fancy a guess, I think AEW's logic behind this and like why they don't drill the things home because then on the flip, WWE treats us like we didn't watch the show last week. We've never watched wrestling before in our lives. But with that said, I feel like AEW shouldn't go all the way in the opposite direction yeah. and think us that we should just know everything. There needs to be some type of middle ground there. There's okay to do recaps here and there. You don't have to do five recaps in one show, yeah. but there's okay to do a recap. Yeah. See, the difference is though is that WWE has all this like library and history, and it's like AEW. You've only been around for so long. It's like you have to establish. You have the to spoon feed us some of these you characters. Have, yeah, you have and to stuff establish, like especially the new characters. You mm-hmm. have to establish them, spoon feed them to us, and then after a while, once they start doing things and we see it play out on camera, then if you want to do a callback and you don't necessarily want us to like, you don't want to spoon feed what the callback was. Now it's like okay. We get it. Like, we saw it. We saw him. He was this guy, whatever, whatever. And then they had their feud, and then they sort of let that go, and they went in the opposite directions now for whatever reason. They did something else together. We get it. They have history. Yeah. You don't have to spoon feed that to us because yeah. we saw it play out. Yeah. But right now, we haven't seen anything really play out. Yeah. Guys are just attacking each other from underneath the ring for what reason? And, like, it was like the Dark Order kind of had that same type of debut when they debuted. Yeah. And it's like now, you know, we're getting more backstory with them with the little video packages and stuff like that. But, like, I feel like this is a situation and the Dark Order was the same type of situation where it would help to have vignettes and video packages and stuff yeah. leading up to the debut and not the other way around. Like, they like get 
No, no. They like, don't. like if it was somebody like a bigger star, like if it was in fact Marty, like I thought it was, he is a big enough star where he doesn't need all the vignettes and stuff, all the history with Bullet Club and the Elite and all of that stuff. It's already there. If people are watching AEW, they damn sure know who Marty Scurll is, right? You know, so that I mean, that would make sense. And even then, I would still sort of be like, you know, I was sort of, I was still allude to it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have to. Drive like, it's the Marty. Home. He used to be down with the Elite and da, 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 yeah. da, like you know something like that, not just you know. Cody's past is caught up to him or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Give a little line to sort of like allude to there being some history. And there. then you, you and even if you don't know, you're kind of wondering like, damn, well, who's this? He must know Cody or something like. Yeah. Not just it's the blade. <laughs> it, well, well who are these guys? Well, well, well that's the butcher. Like I feel like Marty Scurll make his debut and freaking Excalibur be like, it's Marty. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> Who's Who Marty? the fuck is Marty? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, okay, we need some explanation here. Who the fuck is Marty? That, that's Marty Jr. Like, J- <laughs> Jr. was pretty much everybody watching at yeah. home, I feel. All right, well, who, who, who are these guys? <laughs> Where are they about? <laughs> Why do they come from underneath the ring? Why do they attack Cody? Like, it's, Now, um, with all of that said... The Blade and the Butcher are supposedly, like, a really good team. Like, I've watched a couple of clips of them and everything. They could talk. They're good in the ring and everything like that. It's going to give Allie something to do. So, I'm sure, like, it'll end up being good in the long run. But it's just that debut could have been handled so yeah, much like, better. Once it took my eyes a minute to adjust, and I was like, oh, wait, that's... um. That's Braxton was, Sutter. Yeah, from um, Impact. Yeah, yeah I was like, it. okay, okay. Yeah. You know, I know this guy. He's pretty good. But. Yeah. But like me, I'm just like I don't know what's what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like, and then you know me, I'm usually good with like kind of keeping up with AEW and mm-hmm. the going on. So I had no idea what was going on, no idea what was going on. But um, besides that, you had um, what 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 was the whole thing with this? Um, I feel like I watched it and I still don't understand why were they giving a ring to. MJF or what was the point of the uh, dynamite diamond ring? I have no idea. It, it reminds me of like something pointless that like Jim Crockett WCW used to sort of do. It was like, oh, we have the bunkhouse brawl, whatever. Another thing that Cody uh, trademarked, by the way. Yeah, but it's like I don't know what these things mean in the grand scheme of anything. You know what I mean? Like the Crockett Cup, and I'm not saying those matches weren't great. Or didn't have like you know, but it was like all right, like there's something. Did do they get? Did the MJF get something for you winning the ring, ring. Or, or is it just like you're getting like a big pot because you got this diamond ring? You're like basically, a, you guys were fighting for like money. You're getting a diamond ring, and Diamond Dallas Page is gonna present you with this ring. I really don't know like what the point of the ring is necessarily. Like, do you get like a title shot with it? Like, I feel like. I no, guess. Diamond Dallas Page at one point in WCW had like a stupid ring that he that they used to like the king of the not a king of the ring, but what was it called? It was some stupid ring that Diamond Dallas Page won in like a tournament and they won like a ring and Diamond Dallas Page would like defend the ring and then he lost the ring and Kimberly Page left him. It was like before he like got to the main event. So if this like kind of playing up on that maybe a little bit maybe. with DDP Presenting the ring and everything? Maybe, but I don't really know what the point of the ring is going to be at this point moving forward, though. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. You know what a diamond is upside down, right? No, what is it? 
<laughs> so anyway, <laughs> another good match. Um, a match that I really did enjoy. Probably my favorite match of the night was uh, Omega versus Pac two, which um Pac beat um Omega if you remember back at All In, which kind of started this whole descent for Kenny Omega and yeah, yeah. him not being able to win the big ones and kind of doubting himself and everything like that. Kenny finally got the win over him. Really good match there. And um, you had some comments on the main event. It was uh, Jericho defending the title against Scorpio Sky. I was just saying, it kind of just fell flat. Like, the ending to me just kind of, I don't know. Scorpio Sky tapping to the walls of Jericho. Eh, I don't know. I, I was hoping for a more climactic finish than that being that Scorpio Sky, you know, was the first guy to sort of pin Jericho and it was his first championship opportunity in 14, 15, however many years of his career. How would you have felt if Scorpio would have actually won the belt? Just like on some random, I like, would have been not expecting it. I would have been shocked. I don't know if it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. for the sake of the company. Like I, you know, like Scorpio Scott, don't get me wrong, is a great wrestler. Great, great, great wrestler. I don't think he's an established enough name to sort of dethrone Jericho. And I don't want to see Jericho dethroned at this point. Like, I want to see... And, I, and look, I don't want to put too much stock into, okay, whoever wins the belt. Like, I could, it could totally be like a placeholder champion or a transitional champion at this point. You know what I mean? I don't know if Scorpio Scott... I don't know if I want to see him be that guy... Because I feel like he's going to end up with that stigma for better or for worse. I'd rather just like build him up if he's going to be like a real competitor mm-hmm. and then have him beat Jericho down the line. Now, my thoughts for what I think the future may hold, like if armchair booking, if you will. Um, so at the end of the match, we got Moxley coming down. Moxley is, uh, I think he's ranked number one in the uh, AEW rankings right now. How the, over uh, Sunny Kiss? Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Moxley's ranked number one right now. He came out. He kind of did a little face to face stare off for Jericho right now. So, like, I think that it would be if Jericho's gonna lose the belt because we don't know when the next AEW show, like pay per view, is. You know, Jericho's gonna milk this whole Jericho Cruise shit and kind of shitting on the company. If Jericho were to lose his belt on his cruise, mm. the, the temper tantrum that Chris would throw would be epic. And, like, it makes sense for, like, Moxley is believable as a person that can beat him, but still, like, kind of, like, I don't know if new is the right word, but, like, you know, where he can go back and forth with, like, these younger guys that are on the AEW roster and everything like yeah. that. The Janellas, the Darby Allens, if you will, and stuff like that. Like, I think Moxley would be, even though it's kind of, like, predictable, I think he would be a good, like, next champion for them. Because it's, like, just, I feel like it's too, AEW is still in this infancy where you kind of don't want to give the belt to, like, a... Scorpio Sky or anything like that. Somebody that like the masses or people yeah. just tuning in aren't really going to be familiar with. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Scorpio Sky. Not that it's not deserved, but you have to think about you know TV and all of this. Like, stuff Like how too. invested are we in Scorpio Sky's yeah. character? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he got that win. That's nice and everything like that. But and you know. I mean, not for like like I said, I wish the match was a little bit better. But yeah. I'm not. 
I'm not against him losing. Mm-hmm. I just wish I just felt like the the finish was a little flat for me. But yeah, Scorpio Sky. I think from here, if you want to keep Scorpio Sky hot, you can still like you know be like, damn, I came close. Or at least like if the match was better, it was like, damn, I came that close to Jericho. I can't wait to get my next opportunity, and then we could follow Scorpio Sky's journey from there and get more invested in Scorpio Sky rather than let's say like if he had won, right? Mm-hmm. Now is Scorpio Sky gonna be the guy that we? put all our stock and put all the chips on the table for no he's probably gonna lose the belt right back probably like or next week it, yep. or loses to some to somebody real quick right yep. so now we're gonna be looking at scorpio sky like oh you weren't that good of a champion, paper champion man. yeah you were like a placeholder champion you know what i mean yep. like you weren't you weren't that guy and i mean i guess you could sort of build it that way but i think it sort of builds him from like you know like like you were you had your shot you were a champion and you sucked Rather than like, okay, I came that damn close, and then when I get my next opportunity, I'm a fucking, you know, like I know I can beat Jericho. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. We'll see where it's going to go. That was Dynamite, and, you know, I think this is a good place at any to wrap it up for this week. No NXT? Well, what happened on NXT? Besides that, <laughs> besides Keith Lee sending Adam Cole into fucking orbit. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> if, um, if you have not seen that, do yourself a favor. Go and watch that. Just for that spot. That whole match was good for different reasons. Uh, Bobby Fish apparently got hurt, concussed, I think you said it was. Yeah. So they had to like kind of switch up the match on the fly. Roderick Strong came well, they out. Didn't, they didn't confirm the concussion, but it looked to be, I would They imagine. said it was like a knee injury. His like, he reacted. Well, Nigel blurted out. Yeah, Nigel blurted out the knee thing. But if you looked at the replay, and we all saw the replay that Nigel was commenting on, like, yeah, he did land on his leg, but he landed pretty much like head first. And it's like they didn't really confirm which one it was, but I, I'm pretty sure he suffered some type of head injury because he landed like on his face. Even when he got up, he looked a little like he didn't know where he was yeah. for a second. He, he tried to get back in the ring. He just looked yeah, a little. They, like they went he to didn't commercial. and He came back, and Roderick Strong was out there with his Calvin Klein's on and some jeans and some Vans. Yeah. <laughs> but and shout cool. out to them for keep. Yeah, I think you were going to say the same thing. Kudos to Roderick for, you know, stepping in and still putting on a great match. And and O'Reilly, like, helping him get through that because you could tell, like, he looked like he was done for the night. The way Roddy was dressed, like, Mm -hmm. he wasn't doing anything for the night. And for him to come out and do that in jeans, like, man, kudos to him. That was a great match there. But, um, yeah, the match ended with um, Adam Cole coming out trying to save it for the Undisputed Era and Keith Lee pouncing him into like the fifth Jesus. row damn there look like to the point where like Dominic Dijakovic's in the ring right now and he's just like shocked like look he's looking at Keith Lee like oh my god you killed those people like Yo, we've had those seats at a wrestling show <laughs> imagine yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was a good match man I, I really enjoyed that um you had um the um Going through my notes, going through my notes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little lonely music, a little waiting yeah. music. Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. This is like Dakota's first match back since the whole War Games thing where she destroyed Tegan Knox. Mm-hmm. Came out with Tegan Knox's knee brace to like a little like trophy it. and everything. You know, she's a heel now. The music has changed and everything like oh, that. they changed their music They too. changed the music too, yep. 
That's I how. Guess, that's how you know she's a heel. <laughs> no, I guess because you know what WWE does do that. They give the baby faces some real plucky ass music. <laughs> and it's like if they turn heel, they do something like dastardly. Like, like I don't want to see this emo. Like, yeah, like I don't want to see this fucking. <laughs> I don't want to hear this video game plucky music now. <laughs> but the match ended with uh, Candice going for Tope Suicida mm. to the outside. And Jim Cord- uh, Jim, uh, Jim, what else would call it? <laughs> Tope Suicida. And um, Dakota Kai catching her in the face with the knee brace and just taking the DQ, eating yeah. the DQ and everything like that. It was good. It was fine. I'm interested in Dakota Kai now. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, my eyes are on her now. Like, she's good. She's really, she, really yeah, good. Always- they just never really had anything... To yeah. do to do with her, it's always like been like her being the the underdog, right? The underdog, and I love that that the direction that they seem to be going with her character is her basically being sick of being the underdog. Makes sense. Yeah, why not? As most things do with um NXT. NXT. Yeah, man. Great, great, great match, and we were talking about this guy earlier in the show too. Leo Rush, Akira Tosawa. If you haven't seen that match for the NXT Cruiserweight. That might have been the best match of the night with a couple of good matches on on the card. That might have been the best match of the night. It was at one point they did a spot where they kind of always teased the spot with like the two guys on the apron teasing the German suplex. Mm -hmm. Akira actually hit a German suplex to the outside on to Leo Rush. It looked. Lord, there's some things in NXT sometimes that I'm like, I don't know how you come back from this. A German suplex from the ring apron to the outside. I always, I always laugh and joke about like apron moves and stuff like that. And that's like one of those things, like you said, like they always tease it. And God, like when you hit it, it to looked, hit something like that, it's like. And I'm looking at this little recap right here. It says that they work the, uh, they work the apron insecurity by Tazawa and German to the floor follows. Fuck's sake, <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> Reading this from 401mania.com. <laughs> it, it looked beast, man. Yeah, it man. Gnarly. But um, yeah, that was a great match. That was probably my match of the night. If you uh, go back, if you watch anything from NXT, go and watch that match. Um, also you had um, the main event of the night was uh Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. First time ever, they said. Mm. A really good match. We, I think we we caught that one like right before we started recording and right. everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was like for like the number one contendership or anything like that. But it seems like both of these guys are kind of gunning for Adam Cole. So I kind of get the feeling it's going to be some type of triple threat situation. Yeah, I can see that. Cause yeah. While Tommaso Ciampa did take the loss here, like he lost, right? Yeah. While he yeah. did take the loss, I still. F- but it was like like due to like Adam Cole coming out yeah. and feeling a little bit distracting him. I feel like he's been getting a lot of like back and forth with Adam Cole and Undisputed Era on the mic, so I can't see Finn Balor necessarily jumping ahead of him in line for that title shot right right now. Like I think the story to be told right now is Tommaso Ciampa, but then again, Finn Balor's been you know teasing. Oh, okay, am I with them? Are you know am I with Undisputed Era? Is Undisputed Era helping me out? And I guess you know he gave him the Pele kick. He gave uh, Adam Cole the Pele kick at the end of the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind yeah. of cementing that. So yeah, this gonna, is definitely going to be a three way feud. We're going to see what happens. And then um, one thing that I skipped over, you had a little face to face with Rhea Ripley and uh, Shayna Baszler and. Like I said earlier when we were talking about it, just give Rhea all of the belts. Yeah, Rhea Ripley. Give her right, all of the belts. Right now, Rhea Ripley might be the most over woman in WWE. 
in the whole system. NXT, all three rosters. Um, yeah, man, Shayna Baszler too. I mean, Shayna Baszler is great, but I feel like Rhea Ripley. I think the potential for Rhea Ripley to be a top star right right now, if they strike while the iron's hot, yeah, it's it's. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see that match. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. I sound like an out of touch <laughs> Jr. Saying, like, whatever. No, no. But honestly, um, I say that. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's weird. This week NXT, I guess, is on such a high. But how much do they really factor in NXT? This is like a main event, WrestleMania headliner type brand. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, we're gonna get Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. But how much is it gonna matter in? the grand scheme of WWE. I feel like Rhea Ripley has the potential to be like the top woman in WWE right now, but it's not structured that way for her to be. She has the look. She has the size. She can talk. Her move sets. She's all of her moves. Look, she's she's 23, 23, she's 23, bro. Like, what am I doing wrong with my life? <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Like, I love Shayna Baszler. I came on here a few weeks ago and said how realistic Shayna Baszler looks compared to, like, uh, Sasha Banks and freaking uh, and even Becky Lynch to an extent. But I, Rhea Ripley really over the Survivor Series weekend, especially, like, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with her beyond, you know what I'm saying, everything that they did with her leading into Survivor Series and beyond that. Man, like, I, I see her being the top woman almost in the company behind Becky Lynch. But like I said, it's not set up for her to be that way. Yeah. But the future's definitely bright. The lot, the lots are bright, Michael. Yeah. The lots are bright. The future's definitely bright for her. She's going to be a big star. You know, she proved this Survivor Series weekend. She definitely did her thing. So we're going to see where this is going to go. But, um, yeah. Got anything to add, bro? Uh, no, nah, that's it, man. It's, it's too much wrestling to keep up with. I'm going to try. I promise I promise you guys I'm going to watch SmackDown front to back, and I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to really be invested in. I'm going to try I'm gonna try to muster up the uh, muster up the oomph to watch all the shows this week that I can. Let me see this German suplex spot. We're watching the German suplex spot. Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but you know what? You know what about that? Sorry about that. We were trying to end this podcast, and now we're watching this. You know what about? Because usually they always tease it, and I always get worried. Like, yo, what if the rope breaks? Like, yeah, because they like, tease it like them holding on to the rope. This is like a snap, German. Yeah, like it'll be like two real heavy guys, right? Damn, he took that bump right on his back. Like Leo Rush got to rotate. Akira Tozawa had to land right on his back. One more time, and it's a snap, German. Which he does a snap, German, but it's like Jesus, how do you land on the? Yeah, floor? Akira like landed damn near on his neck. Akira looked like he took it worse than Leo Rush. No, did. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The pad, the floor looks so pad in NXT though. It looks, yeah. looks safe. It had to hurt like shit. I don't, yo. I, I'll try to upload this on the uh, Instagram so you can see what we're talking about. Yeah. You could go and look for it. Um, it's only funny because I was watching this thing on Netflix, uh, the movies that made us, mm-hmm. and they had uh, Home Alone, like you know, like the whole beh- like behind the scenes, like what went into it, the struggles to, like, produce it and stuff like that, get it, you know, I guess, like, oh, clear, sounds, like a lot like and all that. They talk, but they were talking about the stuntmen and how, like, the stuntmen at that time had to really put themselves through some shit oh, to, man. like, think about it. You're, like, landing on steps. 
Mm. But think about some of like the yo. It's funny that you say that because on Thanksgiving I watched Home Alone. We I watched it with the family and everything, and we were saying like, yo, what was it, Marvin? Um, yeah, and, I can't remember the other one. I can't name. remember his name, but it's just like, yo, that first time, if it was me, that first time I fell on them steps, I'd be like. Nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't them. They, luckily, they had like stunt people doing it. But like, they were talking with like one of the stunt guys, and it was like, you know, this is what I got to do. Like, I throw myself as high in the air as possible. Oh my goodness, some and of land those as hard as possible. You want to talk about bumps? Some and of I'm those. Like, Yo, oh, wrestling. They sort of like teach you how to Fall. land and try to like you know land with your head. But up. not on some stone steps, bro. Yeah, not on those stone steps, man. Oh man. And I just only say that because I only say that to say Akira Tozawa threw himself to the floor. <laughs> Landed on the back of his neck. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to call it a wrap there. We're going to wrap it up there. I uh, hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. And uh, we'll be back at it next week. We'll be a little more informed next week. Although I feel like we did a damn good job. At- Yo, WWE, man, just put on a great show. And we'll, <laughs> we'll give a fuck. It's funny. As bad as Raw was, we spent most of the show talking about Raw. Yeah. I mean, we picked apart the bad shit. There you go. To, you know, armchair quarterback. There you go. Oh, one funny note I want to add. Seth Rollins is supposed to be on WWE backstage Ooh, tonight. C- is Punk Ge- gonna guess who's not going to be on backstage tonight? Good. There you go. <laughs> don't give don't give him the satisfaction. I, I, but you know Seth is gonna whine about it. Ah oh, man. <laughs> but you know what though? I'll say this: if Seth, if they mold this into Seth Rollins's character, then I'm all for it. I'm all for Seth Rollins being this him, unlikable. the delusional face, the delusional yeah. face of the company. He's you know what he is? He's Bret Hart. Yes, Bret Hart. In yes, 90, that's Bret a good Hart comparison. In like early '97, when Stone Cold was really coming on strong, and Bret Hart was like the company guy and couldn't understand why people didn't. Why like don't him. you like me? Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like I said, if they roll it into like a story it's line, funny because Seth actually said that. I believe it was on the podcast with Graves. He was like, he doesn't understand why the fans are turning on him. Like, he literally said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see it in the promos that he's been cutting recently, like, even, like, on Raw with the whole, like, you know, I- I'm just doing this because this company's my heart and it's everything mm-hmm. to me and I'm trying to I'm trying to fight for you guys. And it's like, you're so corny. Shut the no, fuck up. No, but it goes, but see, the evolution of it goes from that to, all right, well, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> So I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. But again, we're going to wrap it up for the third time. Hope y'all all enjoy the holiday and everything. We'll be back at it next week. Make sure you follow us on the Instagrams at YDG Unsanctioned. I'm going to upload that Leo Rush and uh, Akira Tazawa clip for y'all to find. Um, you can follow me at Willie Dope. I don't post that much, but still follow me. Yeah, and at Gift the Great. Um, you can follow my music. You can follow everything that I got going on. Um, YDG Unsanctioned is the Instagram, right? It's the yep, Instagram handle. Yep, yep. Yeah, man. And you can find this podcast everywhere, but if you listen to it, you already know that. So, uh, till next week, we're going to holler at y'all. Peace! <laughs>